Hey guys, welcome to Eye of the Watchers podcast where we give you all the information you need to get hyped about League of Legends esports. And uh, I'm your host, Sam, aka Just Casual here with my co-host, Manny, aka Manster. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Manny? You doing well? Yeah, yeah. Doing doing A-OK. <laughs> A-OK. Are you excited about today's topic? I am super excited about today's topic. Uh, with that, the topic we are going to be talking about is scouting grounds. It's probably the least talked about or covered thing that Riot does. And we're going to discuss what it is, why it's important, and if it's even worth watching. So let's start off with this. What is scouting grounds, Manny? Well, scouting grounds is where Riot decides to pick the top 20 players um, from the region, from NA. Um, you know, top four for each role and um they they use the ladder to to check that out um they had to do some substitutions this year but after that they put them into four different teams which is the four different dragons ocean earth uh, or ocean mountain infernal and cloud and Mm -hmm. they're each coached by a different team this year four teams were clg c9 tsm and optic gaming uh, which is, you know, an interesting, uh, interesting thing. I'm not sure exactly how they were chosen, but um, yeah, those were the four teams, and they they had coaches, you know, from from those teams or or players that coached uh, for those teams. So. Yeah, they have a lot of support staff. Like, it's not exactly the coach. Like, I think TSM's coach, was, quote unquote, coach representative was Mike Young. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I know Parth was still there and was still involved, mm-hmm. but like the actual coach was Mike Young. Yeah, I think they have players like maybe helping with position coaching as well and things like that. Yeah, uh, it's really cool to see Optic involved as they're a brand new NALCS franchise organization. So that's neat to see them being involved. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and and this is not to say that the other orgs didn't do anything because we'll we'll talk, get into more detail. But at the end of this, um, you know, showcase, um, there was a draft, the first ever draft for the NALCS. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it more more in detail in a bit. But I think it was very interesting to see. You know, the, oh, oh yeah, that one of these teams actually was part of like the coaching and everything, and it it hopefully showcases that like their mentality is good, you know, good enough. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think if you look at CLG, if you look at C9, and if you look at TSM, they're already like brand names in the NALCS, and yep. they have some of the best coaching staff. In the NALCS, so I think that Optic also standing their ground with them was was really cool. It was really awesome. Hopefully, we see more of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, just going into how how scouting ground works out. Basically, it's a really really quick schedule. You know, Riot figured out the top four uh, players in each role that they were going to bring in based off the solo queue ladder, like we said, uh, with a few asterisks and exceptions based off of you know like if they actually abide by riots i guess um what what is it called like yeah they had to go oh, through man. like a checklist pretty much it mm-hmm. was like have never played competitively or professionally before you're not under contract you're over 17 um there there's something I think else. A, few, a few of those are a few of those are off 
because like there's a 16 year old Nintendo DX has played. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a. They have some criteria. Yeah, they, I, I don't know exactly the criteria. <laughs> I know that, you know, like, and, and some people, like, would decline, right? Like, some people are like, oh, yeah, I don't want to go. And it's like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. You know, or and, or they again, weren't able to go, which happened. Mm-hmm. I think, And with, like, some of them people. just weren't allowed to go based off of, like, you know, behavior, in-game behavior. I think they do a quick scan to make sure that they're not bringing in, like, someone toxic to the environment and stuff like that, which was also big news for, like, characters like Panzer Dragon and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But, um, okay, so they brought players in on Monday, and then they split up into teams and scrimmed. Uh, they weren't the finalized teams of the event, but they kept switching out players every game and stuff like that, just mismatching them, and stuff. And uh, they were scrimming all day long. Tuesdays, they went into 10-minute interviews with every single team. So that's a ton of interviews. Every player was interviewing with every single team. And then after that, the, t- the Drake teams that we talked about were actually drafting their five players that they were going to have on their team. So then Wednesday, Thursday, they pretty much practiced all day with those teams and went with their coaches and um, got all that advice and worked through worked through games. And then Thursday night, and including Friday, they actually did a group stage tournament where it was a round-robin best-of-three where every play- every single team played against each other. And then on Saturday, based off of those rankings, those standings, they played a best of three for the third place team and a best of three for the first place, um, first place position. So those games were actually live streamed and casted. If you look at the group stage games, they are released late and they're not casted. They're just pure spectator VODs. Um, I tried watching them. They're really boring to watch without casting. I forgot how boring it can be. What it can be to watch like uh, spectated games and stuff like that. But and then afterwards. They actually went into a draft, which is, I'm pretty sure that's new this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Brand brand new. First mm-hmm. time they've done this. Um, I think, again, it's kind of like to establish the franchise, you know, franchising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and to build so like, a little cool. bit of like legitimacy and structure to it, um, just how things work. But yeah, every, every NALCS team was able to draft one player each in their roster. Um, with a few caveats to that, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, Manny, do you want to break down how the drafting kind of works? Yeah, sure. Um, also, real quick before that, before we do jump into that, I just wanted to say that I think like uh, going back into like the side note for the for the watching and spectator, mm-hmm. I kind of like like I don't like that because yes, casting makes a lot of things, but I also like that. But we can go more into detail afterwards. When when we when we talk about like, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So the draft, ten teams. Um, you know the ten NALCS teams were randomly selected to be draft, like to have a draft order. Uh, because this is the first time this has happened. If you don't follow traditional sports, um, if you do, you you probably already have a good understanding of the draft. If you don't, it's pretty much. Lower ranked teams usually get higher up um, draft picks, um, and it's kind of like a way to, you know, kind of like help them out. It's like, oh well, you did awful, so maybe if you get like a first round pick, you can get the best player of the draft. You know, mm-hmm. so each team had a chance to draft one player. Um, you know, which at that point they would get exclusive rights. I think until like December twenty something. Yeah, I think it was 21 days. Yeah. That's the number. That yeah, yeah. So 21 days um, where you could 
exclusively negotiate with that player. After that, that you could sign them, you could do whatever. After that, if an agreement hadn't come through, they would just get released. Then other they could talk to other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this also doesn't mean that that player has to sign with the team that chose them. They could very well say, "I don't want to sign," you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's they just need to wait the twenty-one days after that. Um, mm-hmm. Again, once they're not picked, or the the ten players that are not picked can still explore. Like, you know, it, just because you didn't get picked doesn't mean you're not going to be able to be a pro. Uh, it would depend yeah. on on the team, but I think it's very interesting. Um, granted, not all ten teams chose, uh, you know, a player. Uh, C9, I'm pretty sure, bought two two spots. One from FlyQuest and the other one I... Just from Optic. Yes, the other one was from Optic. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. I, I really like that they're able to do that where you could sell your spot or you could, you know, have some type of negotiation. Yeah, you, you could, like, trade your spot. Um, I mean, obviously, Optic and... FlyQuest just straight up said, just give us money. <laughs> um, <laughs> granted, like this is not exactly discussed, right? We don't know exactly how many, you know, like how much money they had to pay for that, you know, like, but Cloud9 did, did straight up just choose to two extra players. Um, yeah. Clutch Gaming also uh, bought out uh, the Golden Guardian spot too. Yeah. So Golden Guardian didn't pick a, a rookie as well. Yeah, they, they they were able to get two. So, you know, I think it was interesting. Uh, first time going around. The video is up. Uh, I do. If, if you're interested, it's long. Maybe it's not like the most entertaining, but you do get a lot of insight of maybe what teams are needing. You know, what could have been, what, who are the rookies to, to be on the lookout for? So, th- I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's basic draft. If, if you know, like other sports drafts, like they're pretty similar in that respect. Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting because you know other sports they have multiple rounds uh-huh. of drafting, you know, and there's like snake drafts and stuff like that. Uh, they just went through it one one round, so there was only ten players drafted yep. through scouting grounds. That being said, who knows? You know, FlyQuest and Optic and Garden Guardians or anyone else could pick up any of the other ten players that weren't drafted as well. So yeah, that's a, also an option. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I think I think it's or not even those ten players. They can go to anyone in solo queue. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be you know they, they might have just wanted the money again, whether for contract mm-hmm. or whatever reasons. Yep, yep. So cool. So uh, yeah, let's talk about why. So now that we've run down what scouting ground is, why is scouting grounds important? Um, I think that's overall an easy question. I mean, okay. I think it's just representation of NA talent, right? Mm-hmm. And even potentially, like it could—it's a double-edged sword, right? You can showcase how good the NA talent is, but you could also showcase the lack of <laughs> NA talent. <laughs> sure. But you know, I think I think it's so every other sport, right? And granted, yes, this is an esport. But I mean, even even Riot released, you know, the video of like this is our sport, right? This is our game. Yep, yep. Um, I think it helps so much, you know, when you're when you're a player on the ladder, right? How how do you like get to to become a pro 
a lot of times people just say, well, you just need to be good and have know who to talk to. Some people don't know how to do that, you know? Granted, I think I think <laughs> yeah. pretty much all 20 of these players have have contacts, right? But they were still mm-hmm. chosen purely because of scouting grounds, right? And, and like the format. Yeah. So I think like it's awesome, right? Like let's say one of these players didn't know anyone to talk to, right? Or never approached like a pro or anything like that. It's like, well, that's that's not an issue, right? They mm-hmm. can still showcase themselves. So I think that that's that's really really cool. Um, I think like that might be like just the most important thing about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it really adds that structure and like a process, you know, a step by step process, or help helping. Yeah, it gives that step by step process to help someone that's aspiring to be into the LCS to get into the LCS, right? Yeah. Before and currently, and it probably still will be existing, is that you work really hard, you climb the ladder, find connections, get onto a challenger team or get into some organizations that do, you know, prize pools or something to get more practice, build a team and get noticed, right? Right. And now that the challenger series is I actually don't know if they have details on how that's going to work right now. No, nah, I, th- uh, I think I think no one I I like I've from every interview I've seen, from everything I've read it's very much like down to the point where it's like people are even like don't even think that Riot knows what they're doing for like the academy teams. <laughs> like it's like just because no information has been said, right? Yeah. So basically, like um, that was the way to do it, and just kind of like open placements into the challenger series. Now that's not happening, so it's it's really hard to figure out how to do this. So again, you probably just work your butt off and get onto find ways to get onto teams and make connections with people and players and organizations and then practice a ton until you get noticed. Uh, This kind of says like, hey, get at the top four of whatever your role is on the challenger ladder and you will at least be brought into Riot Studios and get a ridiculous leg up on everyone else as you're being coached and getting like FaceTime with all these organizations, players and peers. Yeah, and... Get into the LCS, and then you have the possibility of getting drafted, right? It's like yeah, and and that gives you exclusive time to talk to an organization, uh, yeah. which you is learn so much more, which is also like yeah, so much so so valuable, you know. In and it's regard. funny because like uh, you're a 16 year old kid that was considering this, started working really hard. I got it. Like, how do you figure out how to do all this stuff, right? Like, you don't. And you don't go to your dad and mom to tell ask them, like, how do I do this? Because, hey, you probably know more than them, and that's probably still nothing, you know? We don't have really player unions really established yet. Uh, the NALCS franchise system is brand new, so that's completely new. So this really, really helps give that give a nice uh, process or concrete way to figure this out, especially as someone that's young that really needs direction for this kind of stuff besides just get good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think it's, it's so valuable uh, in that regard. Right. I mean, and, and you might be wondering, well, why is it only NA doing this? I think the fact of the matter is that just NA doesn't have the, the same amount of ranked players that every other region has. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why NA talent sometimes is lacking, right? There's just not the people that will put in the time and, and effort to get up there. 
right? And the ones that do are the ones you see, you know, are the rookies that you go like, oh my God, you know, rookie sensation, Mike Young. It's like, those are rare, you know? Mike Young contracts, like those are rare players, you know? They're not, yep, yep. They're not your, oh yeah, obviously you'll see just someone else like this, right? Where in Korea, mm-hmm. God, who doesn't want to be a pro, right? Like they'll put in so much time, <laughs> like same for EU even. So I think like that's something that NA lacks, and that that's why I think it's really important for NA as, yeah. a, itself. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. If you compare the regions, so China, huge, huge, huge region, huge country. <laughs> um, just because of the sheer size of it, you're gonna find a lot of high qual- quote unquote high quality players, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at Korea. Korea is a tiny country, but Korea's ranked ladder or people that are playing ranked in Korea still um, overshadow how many people in NA, which doesn't, it's not just America, <laughs> it's Canada and Amer- <clears throat> Canada and the USA. Uh, they still have a raw, smaller ranked pool than Korea. So Korea also has a history of esports where the structure and the idea of how to do this and resources to do it is just vastly uh, superior to. North America structure where esports is super super young. Then you look at uh, Europe. Europe is also a lot lot bigger than North America, so they just have just by numbers have better player, more players. That's why we have all these EU mid laners that are coming over into NA as uh, talent, you know, imported talent. Yeah, ex- um, exactly. Those are the major regions, and all the other major regions. Uh, that's why they're not really uh, at the top of the. Top of the standings. <laughs> I mean, even if you look at wild cards, yeah, you might not get like the same quality as like let's say Koreans or you know Chinese players. Mm-hmm. But like Brazil, Brazil has a huge server. You know, like yeah, so many people play. You know, like yeah, Latin America South, Latin America North, like just multiple countries, right? Mm-hmm. And but they're just they're younger region though. Yeah, so they could catch up to NA easily. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's the thing, right? And I think like. It sadly is a worrying trend, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's mentality, whether it's whatever, whether it's just society, right? I think like that that comes to like parents saying, oh, my kid doesn't stop playing. I'm going to unplug the internet, right? It's like, well, Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. not going to allow a young developing talent want to play. You know, they'll be like, well, what's the point? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty upsetting, you know, like stuff like that. It's just like, well, well, what do we do now, you know? And it's like, I don't know, you know, like, like, and so I think this is so important. This is why this is so important for players. Yeah. And and it works for NA too, because NA has the money. <laughs> so that's a that, huge thing. NA really do. has the money to kind of do this stuff. So yeah, this is something very unique to North America. And I think works for our region. And yeah, it'll be interesting how it improves and stuff like that. Yep, um, for sure. Any any other big key points we want to talk about about why scouting grounds is important? Um, I think that that that's honestly like the main the main thing. I don't think like there's much more. To oh, it. you know, I have I have one thing, uh, one example. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I was watching the the interviews during the drafting and hearing the desk talk about the drafts and stuff like that. You had I don't remember the player's name, but it was a mid laner that got picked up by one of these top. Uh, I think he was drafted sixth. Right, so a pretty good draft, and he was actually the last pick when it came to 
creating teams. Yeah. So that's crazy when someone comes in with such no exposure, such little expectations, a mid laner saying also mid laner, which is super, super important of League of Legends. He gets drafted last and suddenly he's a pick and now probably going to get a contract with an LCS team. Like that proves uh, scouting ground had an impact on aspiring talent. Like that's, that is absolutely crazy, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, you know, I think like th- that showcases again, it's like, yeah, you, you look at this guy and it's like, yeah, you, you might not see him. It'd be that, mm-hmm. that big of a deal. And then he shows himself, right? He proves himself. You're like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he has something. I think like that, again, it's, it's, it's so good for players, right? If, if you're if organizations you're, too. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're a young player, right. Ends up mm-hmm. listening to our show, our podcast. I hope you do, but this should be like as much motivation as possible. That if you're a good League of Legends player, man, dedicate yourself. You know, and if you get to the top of the ladder mm-hmm. and you get invited to scouting grounds, it could it could be like your 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 ticket to prove yourself. You know, I think I think it's so important. Yeah, again, absolutely. especially like in in NA, where like. Mm-hmm. There's so many like random one trick like, you know, one like it's like oh yeah, this is random one trick. I think you can't be a one trick and be invited to sky scouting grounds. By the way, I think you need uh, to have I need I think you need to have like four or more champions played like for X amount. Are you like, sure about that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm pretty sure I read that. Like, because <laughs> like you know like it's like. We know that like one tricks don't have much of a place in professional play, right? Because it's like yeah, they absolutely. they get banned out. It's like oh well, no, no, what do they do? You know, uh, <laughs> so I'm actually I actually think that's exactly one of the requirements. Is like you need to play four or more champions for like sixty percent of your games or like forty percent of your games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like something like yeah, gotcha, yeah, cool. All right, so. Uh, big question for especially for our listeners because we are, you know, a lot of our listeners are hoping, at least we hope so, are casual viewers of esports or haven't watched esports or uh, been playing League of Legends and haven't watched League of Legends esports, or maybe we have some veterans that are listening to this as well. Scouting grounds, is it worth watching? What do you think? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Why is that? I think it is because you get to see some players that you just don't get the chance to see in any regard. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. some some of these players don't even stream, right? Or if they stream, they're like in the depths of, of Twitch, you know? And I think it's so exciting to see. I mean, I think this is the same reason why Mike Young was such a sensation, right? It's like, oh my god, this guy's been challenger since he's 13. That's crazy. And it's just like, oh my god, he's actually <laughs> so good. You know, like granted, they're pit up against each other, but I think it's so cool, right? I mean, I think like mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to see like golds play, but they're not, right? Like they're challenger players. They're yeah. like extremely cream of the crop. Like, yeah, yeah. Cream of the crop, you know, like I, and I think I think it, it's fun. I think it, it is interesting. I do have mm-hmm. some issues with like not seeing all the games again, like casted, like going back to that. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think like it would be really cool to see at least like the group stages live, you know, like, why can't we see that? Like, I think that'd be so cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll get into that a little yeah. more in, in our next, next session, next section. Yes. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good reasons to watch it. You know, you mentioned the biggest one is like finding new players, especially if you're like a hipster that's like, Oh yeah, I've been following Mike Young since he's been like, 15 i'm a huge mike young fan and now you're not a bandwagoning fan you know you could say that you know you could see players that are really really good that don't show up for a year or that jump right into like becoming like a random starter for optic in week three after their jungler fails or you know whatever and you could be like hey yeah i know that guy i already have his jersey like i was the first person to get his jersey and all that yeah. stuff like that's always fun to brag yeah, about yeah it's like oh dude nintendo uh, <laughs> nintendo dude x it's like yeah dude that guy monster yeah, he's my favorite yeah you know it's like <laughs> yeah and then when you start talking to your friends you're like oh yeah that guy oh yeah you know he used to do this and this and i saw him he has he's a sick oriana player watching pick oriana and pick him band oh there it is oriana i knew it how'd you know that he hasn't played a game oh i watched scouting ground so i'm cool like that you know <laughs> yeah so you can have that whole hipster vibe going uh you know competitive hasn't been really prominent in the north american else or north american esports scene right now after worlds so this can kind of fill that itch if you have that because again the games are not the most coordinated but that being said you see some crazy plays you see some big mistakes that means you can have really swingy games that could be really really exciting uh, the games that I watched were pretty exciting, and they got really close, even though one team had a good lead at a point. Stuff like that. Yeah, there'd be there'd be um, a lot of throws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think there are a, a good amount of reasons why you wouldn't watch this. Uh, one, which I said was a pro, is actually again like you're. Some people watch it for the best viewing experience and the best gameplay, and you don't see that because again, you have basically five people that never played together never played organized or very few of them played organized games where solo queue is completely different from a, like a organized 5v5. So you might not see the kind of play you want to see. Uh, as Manny mentioned, you only get to see like the last best of threes, the third place match and the first place match. So uh, if you're watching, if you want to watch more, the rest of the VODs are released, but they're all spectated. Like they're not casted or anything, so they can kind of get boring. Or if you're not familiar with League of Legends esports, yeah, you, or you very might just new be lost. to it, it's just yeah. yeah, it's really not that fun to watch. Uh, for a lot of the hardcore people that are interested in the talent, like that's why you watch it. Otherwise, uh, I would just say watch the best of three final. Maybe just watch like the three games or two games, however it ends. I don't want to spoil that. That's probably what ninety percent of you just want to watch, or ninety-five, or yeah, ninety-five percent of you just want to watch. Yeah. So yeah, following the whole thing, I don't think it's really worth, uh, what probably twelve hours of gameplay or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends on like maybe maybe one of the your teams right is representing the team Drake right, and it's like oh, you want to see how Mike Young does by coaching, or mm-hmm. You want to see how your org like puts these players up, right? Like again, no spoilers, but Optic Optic impressed me with mm-hmm. with how they handled their team. You know, and it's like does it give me necessarily like highest hopes of how they're gonna do in the 
NALCS? Not really, but yeah. <laughs> but faith. But faith. Like, but there's <laughs> something, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you go one day, you go one year, and you go. It's like, oh my god, wait. You know, it's it's only the four new teams. How? Who's gonna? Who has a better coaching staff already? Who has like the better? You know, like that stuff. Like you could just get like hints of, and I think that's that's yeah. really cool. And then also, if there's a player that you know, you know, I think some of these guys are streamers, so they have a presence. I mean, if Pants or Dragon made it in, like, I bet there'd be a ton of people watching him play. He would bring in numbers, you know? Yeah. Because he's one of the top YouTubers and streamers. So uh, that's also really exciting if you know these names. I wasn't really that familiar with any of the names. But then again, I don't follow too many streamers or YouTubers uh, that do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I knew some, some people, but it wasn't like, it was like, it wasn't. Oh, I know yeah. exactly who this person is. You know, I just knew like mm-hmm. a couple, a couple people, which was like, yeah, it's always, it's always cool, you know. But mm-hmm. and if you're someone like Manny, that's a coach for a college team, you're probably watching all the vods. You know, especially if you're in charge of recruitment or if you if your college like supports that. Like if if I was on uh, RMU, uh, Ruck, uh, what does RMU stand for? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. What's a university? <laughs> uh. Holy moly. I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Like if you're UC Irvine, you know? Yeah, you there you go. California, <laughs> Irvine, that has like one of the top teams that actually has a budget behind them and has like a top performing team or like uh, British Columbia, I think has a top uh, uh, university team. Like yeah, those Maryville. are the guys that are probably watching all the VODs. Yeah, Maryville or RMU, which I can't remember. Oh my gosh, why am I not? I'm blanking out. But anyway, uh, this is what you're you're watching the vods because you're looking for that like 16 year old that didn't get drafted, and you're like, hey, you want to go uh, come to UCI and uh, play for us and have a full scholarship because you're pretty good, yeah. Or be like, oh, you know what? I actually heard because I talked to a few of the, like CLG's coach that like that person was kind of a dick or like didn't work well with people, so I don't want them on my team. So, like that's what this is really useful for, and that that's a purpose of this, right? That's a purpose of scouting grounds. Yeah. And actually, let's transition into that. Like, what we're hoping for the future of Scouting Grounds. I know you mentioned you wanted the VOD, like everything casted, like high, like yeah. So more hype around it. So I don't mind. So here, here I'll go into more detail for for that that topic. I actually would want for Riot to release more non-casted videos, even for oh. the pro matches, but. I like I would still want them to be casted, but I'm I really like that they just release straight up videos. Why? If you're an inspiring shoutcaster, amazing. Right? Yes, 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 yes. You usually can't find like you would have to mute it and stuff, but if they just straight up release these videos, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can practice, I think it's it's fantastic. I think it's awesome. Because you can get immediately like a blanket of like ten videos, right? Yep. Again, that maybe yeah, that doesn't stop you because you're doing you know, but it, it's it's different when it's it is a cast, right? Because maybe you're talking about giving a point, and then they they switch the camera because the actual casters had been talking about something else, and you don't even know, and it just seems like awkward. So I think like just spectator view, you know, like directed camera on its own, like yeah, you still might be like I don't know why it switched, but whatever, right? <laughs> I think it, I think it I think it is cool for that aspect, right? It it, it yeah. can brew some some awesome. Out. I'll tell you this right now. Um, if you search for it on YouTube, it's very hard to find a casted game. That being said, 
If you look for his casted games for uh, scouting grounds last year, you will see one person that's like has ten thousands of views, and that's our good old friend uh, Blaster Boy, who I've worked with uh, yeah. with some stuff. And uh, I think they're planning. He with his organization Learning Five is planning on doing that for all the scouting grounds again. You know. Yeah. So yeah, if you're an aspiring shoutcaster, like this, this is a really good opportunity. Uh, hint, hint. Like, that's not a hint. That's like a slap in the face. You know. Like, yeah, I think it. I think it's straight up. <laughs> if you want to, you know, like I I, I actually had didn't realize that had, they had released the videos until you told me. And I was like, oh cool. I'll, like I you know I'll give those because I saw the finals in the third place match, but I didn't see mm-hmm. like them actually release any of the other videos i'm like oh that's kind of upsetting but then you're like no they did i was like perfect (laughs) you know (laughs) so i mean it's just it's just interesting granted yes it's crude right but you you as a shoutcaster you know what do every what does every shoutcaster say just just do it just get started you know so so that's stuff like that's why i like that granted i do want all all of all um not all star all of scouting grounds scouting grounds to be shoutcasted. I, yeah. I I think like I think it. it's a resource thing, right? right? Right. It's like and again the emphasis is on scouting talent for the organizations and these players. So I kind of get that and we don't know the decisions behind it. Maybe they are really short staffed. LCS is coming around just the corner, uh, coming around the corner. So right. maybe you know that's really important. And their decision, who knows? Yeah, yeah it would I mean, be great to cast it because people will watch it. You won't yeah. get like millions of views, but people will watch it and you'll bring more. I mean, think about it. If you are someone in Masters sitting there that's like, you know, you're 15, you play a few games and you're good. You, you've busted out tons of hours of games this season. You know, you're really not playing much because Overwatch is really exciting and stuff like that. You're playing like, you know, a few games a day rather than like spending six hours playing a day. And but you turn on the right stream and you see like shoutcasting, it's kind of exciting. You're like, oh, I can do that, you know? And then they get inspired and next year and then the LCS, like, how crazy would that be? Like, that could happen. So bringing right. more attention to ranked because I cannot believe how low. Uh, NA is when it comes to how many people are playing ranked. I mean, I think I think I've I've read so much stuff about this, and this can go into like a whole different like episode, honestly. But like, <laughs> it, it it's like it's just sad, like the fact that like, for example, like not all pros are high ranked, in a sense, right? Like, you yeah. don't see like all fifty pros, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, five for each team, like they're they don't have the top 50 spots for the rank ladder granted yes yeah. okay they have scrims they have all of this i get that right but it's like you have mm-hmm. some pros there that are just like low masters and it's like oh you know i feel like that doesn't give the rank ladder much meaning and it's kind of sad you know it's like imagine imagine every pro was like in challenger right they're top top 100 in challenger right and yeah. some new kid breaks through that is number one challenger. You're going to look at that, right? You're going to be like, who is this kid? Who is this like amazing sensation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes you just have random people and it's like, oh, who knows who that is, right? And it's like, that's that sucks in, in my opinion. But with, with that in mind, uh, also like, yeah, we don't know how like their budget is or anything for Riot, but 
Man, get get some young blood shoutcasters too, like some freelancers, <laughs> you know? I mean, people yeah. watched um the Tyler one, you know, TCS and <laughs> before Tyler one, they had like, you know, like relatively new like casters, you know, and like yeah, people made fun of them, but like they were still casting, you know? Yep, yep. So it's like I feel like and it's one of those things where it's like I think Riot can make that work. You know, I think they could even just freelance be like, hey, we just give you the exposure, right? Yeah. We pay so, for the flight and like just 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 exposure, right? So so basically what I've heard from this rant is that uh by the end of the week, Manny has committed to casting all of the VODs and releasing them by Friday. Okay, cool. Thanks, yes. <laughs> I would I I would a hundred percent do it. But I feel like cast. You can't. I feel like you can't yeah. solo cast. I, it's so difficult. At least, <laughs> at least, at least for for a color casting. If you do play yeah, by play, yeah. you can do play by play solo. But like uh-huh. color casting, you're like, I don't know. Like I can't do the play by play. But this is what they're doing, and it just sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and and uh, uh, flash, flash, or yeah, flash, and all great. All right, I'm great. But- all of that. <laughs> it's like it's a great but this is why they did it and it's like mm-hmm. okay but what what happened there and it's like hold on hold on <laughs> you know i don't know i, I feel like it, it's interesting but hey if, if if someone wants to do that hit me up <laughs> there you at, go at manster 415 415 there you go um any other things that we're hoping for for the future of scouting grounds yes uh collegiate i want collegiate players to be on there uh, i think oh. there's there's some hidden talent in the collegiate scene, uh, I mean, this might be a little biased from uh, you a know, collegiate coach <laughs> being a collegiate coach, uh, but I think it would be really cool. I mean, we even talked about how, yeah, they they have like you know, not all players are you know chosen and stuff, but what if it grows to the to be the point where it's like, oh, there are you know, like four. You know, there there are four rounds or something, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you don't have to show all of them. You you can make an announcement afterwards, right? You just mm-hmm. televise like the first round. That that's what every network does, or that what every sport does, right? Yep. But it's like you have some collegiate players that are like trying out too. You know, you have you have some of that, not just like the latter. I think yeah, would would think, be would be interesting. I think that's great. Uh, you work around. The it might be tough to figure it out with like Christmas and stuff, but work around the college semester winter break thing and have maybe like a two week or maybe a week and a half or maybe a full seven days because this was like four days or no, this was like five days or something like that. But you know, add a few extra days, expand the pool to like six teams or seven teams. Maybe you can name all the teams after like a jungle camp or something. <laughs> or yeah. I don't know. Baron and Elder. There you go. There's your two more teams right there for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And add collegiate. That's not a bad idea. So there's two ways to get into it. The ladder and collegiate. And yeah, I think I, I, with Riot's partnership and working with like collegiate scene this upcoming uh, year. Uh, yeah. It could, it could be, be something realistic for next, next split or next year. I, yeah, I mean, I th- I think I think it it should be right. I mean, yeah, granted, you you might still have like the restrictions that you need to be at least diamond three to mm-hmm. be a, to be a pro. I think that is the restriction. Yeah. Uh, 
So it's like you should be at least that, but like you know, maybe someone impressed in like one of the collegiate teams uh, throughout like the Yule tournament. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like cool. Well, some of these guys may- maybe just want to go straight into pro, right? Maybe give them that chance in scouting grounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think they would have to probably cap it at like challenger though, or ma- maybe masters. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Or D one or something. Uh, maybe yeah. masters, but anyway. Anyways, yeah, that's something that could that you could be doing in the future. Uh, I think that's it for me. You got anything else for that? No, I, I think I think again, I, I, a lot of hopeful, hopeful stuff. I think they've been improving. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year's was very, I think, lackluster. I don't think even anyone showed up. <laughs> like, the, like, like in the sense of like, I don't think anyone that like is now in the league. Like came from that. I think they have people on the sister team. Like they had people on the desk that were from last year's, but they were all like Cloud Nines and uh, Academy team and stuff like that. Gotcha. But, yeah, because uh, like if I mean, even I know that. Like I, I, I know for a fact that Mike Young mm-hmm. decided not to go to scouting grounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But then he got into the LCS anyway. <laughs> That's why he's like, ah, I just got an offer. I'm gonna yeah, not. like I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. Like, but I mean, I, again, I hope it, it grows, and I hope you actually end up seeing. Maybe they they do start in the sister teams, but maybe hey, we've realized that high is too burnt out, so let's have like you know the mid laner we picked up. You know, like sure. there there could be so many things that you could do. So cool. All right, uh, I think that wraps it up for this episode. It's about scouting grounds. Hopefully, if you guys are interested, you can find the links to the VODs in the episode description or just go to the LOL Esports YouTube YouTube page or the LOL Esports website, places like that. Uh, you can find all the VODs, spectated or casted. I really do suggest at least watching the drafting video because that was that's really f- I think that's really fun. And it gets me really, really hyped for future drafts and future scouting grounds. So I, I would really recommend checking that out for a little bit because I think I think Riot did a good job with it as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. Besides that, all yeah, we got relevant links in the episode description from all the articles and sources that we brought all this information from. And with that, I think we will see you guys next time. Yeah, bye.